0: With Back to God Ministries, how's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, today we are going to be talking about being born of God. How can I know if I have, in fact, been born again? So, what does it mean to be born of God? And why is it so crucial, dare I say critical, that we be born again? We got a lot of questions We need to get to today because beloved, the hour of our soon coming King is fastly approaching. And if we are not found in him, if our names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, we will be thrown, hurled, tossed, cast Into the lake of fire. That blazes with fire and burning sulfur. And we will be tormented. Day and night. With no relief. Revelation chapter 14 tells us. That the smoke of your torment. Will rise day and night. Satan the beast, a.k.a. the Antichrist. So we got Satan, we got the Antichrist and his false prophet and all unrepentant, unsaved, God denying, Christ rejecting sinners from all of history will also be in this lake of fire tormenting. Mm -hmm. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we come to you today. We love you. We give you honor and glory. We worship you with our obedience. Thank you in the name of Christ Jesus. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for your mercy, your grace and your love that you showed toward us sinners. While we were steeped in our sins, Christ Jesus died for us so that your wrath will no longer be upon us. But Father, how did we get here? How did we at one time walk In the cool of the day in the garden of Eden, when all was well, how do we now find ourselves in complete opposition to you? How did we find ourselves to now be enemies of God? We see in your word that you and you alone has provided you have provided a way for sinners fallen man to be made right with you so father as we go through this lesson today I ask for wisdom show me the way to go we see in Titus chapter 2 Verse 11 to 14, for the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Amen. And we know that to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12, your grace, Father, it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires, and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives. These new lives of ours, we live with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity in this present age. And that means in this fallen world, still living in these flesh bodies. But nonetheless, Father, your grace teaches us to reject all ungodliness. It don't matter. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we still live in these bodies, that we still live in this present evil age. As we await and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Who, Father, may we never forget this. Who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Amen. And so now that Christ has come and we have come to our senses through repentance that we need a savior. We are commanded to live godly lives. We see over here in Titus 3 starting at verse 1 Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good, to slander or abuse no one, to be kind and conciliatory and gentle, showing unqualified consideration and courtesy toward everyone. For we too once were foolish. Verse 3. Disobedient. Deceived. Enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures. Spending and wasting our life in malice and envy. Just being hateful. Hating one another. But verse 4 when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared in the human form as the man Jesus Christ he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Why? why so that we would be justified made free of the guilt of sin by his compassionate undeserved grace and that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life actually experience it now According to our hope, his guaranteed verse eight, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying and concerning these things. I want you to speak with great confidence so that those who have believed God, that is those who have trusted in relied on, and accepted Christ Jesus as Savior, will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. These things are excellent in themselves and profitable for the people. Verse 9, let's just finish it out. But avoid foolish and ill-informed and stupid controversies and genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. After first and second warning, reject a divisive man who promotes heresy and causes d- dissension. Ban him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him. Well aware that such a person is twisted and is sinning. He is convicted and self-condemned and is gratified by causing confusion among believers. So father, that was a lot to take in. We need wisdom today, Father. We need more of your grace. Increase our faith to understand now that we are born again, we are to live holy, godly, and righteous lives. As we await the day of the coming of the King of Glory. If we go by the way of the grave, may we have lived a life that was pleasing to you, that we remain faithful to Jesus up until the end, and we love our believing brethren. Bless your holy name, Father. Thank you for the grace you have given us today Thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you, thank you for all of the many times we were disciplined so we don't end up back on that Broadway straight to a burning hell. We give you glory today, Father. We lift up holy, clean hands today, and we give you reverence. For there is no other God but the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent the Lord Jesus Christ to this sick, dying, disgusting world to save sinners from their sins And from your coming wrath, that's the God whom we love and serve. Bless your holy name, Father, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. So, let me drink my tea. Hold on. Mm. So how do we know if we have been truly born again because if we look around the body of christ we see a lot of professing quote unquote christians who are still knee deep in sin first john 3 gives us the calling card of one who is actually a child of the living God. Christ Jesus gives us another calling card of who is his sheep. He tells us his sheep is the one who listens, follows, and obeys him. He tells us in the Gospels that If we love him, we will keep his commandments. So now that I, me personally, now that I understand that instruction, I was living in deception. How could I, in times past, since 2002, having come to, to Christ. So I thought, but I was living in willful sin. And I truly believed that I was born again. Houston, we got a problem. So we need to look at some things because a lot of us are deceived. Mm mm-hmm. And the prime example in my personal experience encountering people out there in the highways, the byways, and those hedges, people are living in willful sin, believing they are on the fast track straight to heaven. And I'm like, no. Well, We're all sinners. I'm telling you, some of the hotly contested, if you want to say arguments or debates or confrontations, I have had, while out preaching the gospel, whether it's through my megaphone or through my visual aids, so-called born-again believers approach me wanting to know, uh, demanding, I should say, because it's never, oh, you know what? I have a question for you. No, it's always, what you doing out here? Why you got that sign? Because, you know, preaching like that, nobody is going to come to Jesus. You got to be sweet and nice. And I'm like... Do you not know that there are souls within the past 24 hours went straight to a burning hell because people want to water down the gospel and shake everybody's hand as if we are politicians and we got to watch the words we say. We don't want to offend anyone. No, absolutely not. And that's your problem. You got preached a watered-down gospel, and you thought the Jesus you serve allows and approves sin. Absolutely not. So we got to make sure, are we truly born again? This is something all of us must take a look at. Beloved, you got to understand Holy God has before the foundation of the world has set a day in which he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man. Listen, we all better know Acts 17, 30. To 31, because it is telling us God has set this day of judgment and he will judge the whole world in righteousness. And the judge on judgment day is going to be Jesus Christ. Because verse 31 says he has given us credible, credible proof. Who this judge will be by raising him from the dead. And we know from scripture that he rose Jesus Christ three days later after his death and burial. Rose him to life and Christ Jesus remains alive today. Sitting at the right hand of the father in heaven. Waiting. Waiting. To make his enemies his footstool. And in the meantime, he intercedes for his saints, his followers, those who listen to him, obey him, and follow him. So I, I cannot express it enough on this podcast. We cannot live in willful, deliberate, blatant, habitual, consistent, constant sin. No, all of these false doctrines running rampant in the body of Christ talking about once you are saved, hmm, you are always saved. No, you are not. keep telling y'all, we ain't safe yet until Jesus returns. He said, what is that? Matthew 24, 13 about the one who is saved. So we know this is an ongoing process. He said, the one who is saved is the one who endures until the end. He didn't say the one who is saved is the one who on day one confessed me as Lord and Savior and then went on to live the rest of their lives in open, blatant, in-my-face sin. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, beloved, over here on this podcast, our eyes must be wide open to the fact No, not the fact, the biblical truth, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So how do you know if you are truly born of God? Because beloved, we better find out. Oh, what is this? Hebrews 9, 27. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this comes certain judgment. What judgment? The great white throne judgment. That judgment where sinners will stand before Jesus Christ. I don't know if they will have to answer to the things which were written in the books of their lives. Because John tells us in Revelation 20, verse 12, that how he saw these books and another book was opened, the book of life. And, and he was saying over here in verse 12, he said, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And then in verse 15, he goes on to say about that book of life. Whosoever was not found written in the book was cast into the lake of fire. So folks, listen, this is not a game. I I don't know what we thought we were doing. Playing with God about salvation. Well, I go to church every week, so what? So, well, I read my Bible every day. I know scriptures up and down and all around. So what? Have you come out of sin? Do you hate sin? Because that's the true marker. Listen, what does it mean? Okay, because just let's let us just jump right in it. What does it mean to be born of, of God? Because the term born of God is found primarily in the book of 1 John. 1 John 5 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Mm hmm. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. We also see over here in 1 John 2, 29, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Amen. So are you practicing righteousness Hmm? Or are you living your life crying like a big old baby, talking about, listen, we are still sinners. We all sin. Here we go. You mean to tell me you don't sin? Because if you say no, you are a liar. Because John says that if you say you have no sin, you are a liar. And the truth ain't in you, Miss Missy, beloved. Please, study First John one. Study from verses. I'm gonna take you to the to the beginning, verse one. Read all of First John one because people love to to point to verse eight. See, it says right here, if you say you have no sin, then you are a liar and the truth is not in you. But what was John talking about? He was talking about those who deceive themselves to believe they have fellowship with the father, but they don't confess sin. That's the liar. The liar is the one is the one that says, oh, I'm not in sin. When it's clear, they are in willful, blatant sin. And he told us what to do about unconfessed sin. Verse 9, confess it. Confess it. Listen, repent of your sin. Confess it to God because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there is no reason for anyone who claims they are born again. Talking about we are all still sinners. No, speak for yourself. Why are you even sinning if you are born again? Because John tells us in 1 John 3... That no one, and I believe what, verse 9, but read that whole chapter. He was saying how no one who is born of God continues, goes on sinning. Why? Because we have been born again. We now have God's righteous character living on the inside of us and therefore because of that truth we cannot go on sinning that don't mean we have reached sinless perfection but we don't make it a habit to stay in willful sin our lives are not can't express this enough is characterized by willful sin. Why? Because we love the Father and we know He ain't playing with that lake of fire. Once you put your flesh on the facts, do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor nor adulterers, no effeminate, no no homosexual, no thief, no covetous, greedy person, no drunkard, no reviler, no swindler, no murderer, no gossip, no liar, no, no heretic, n- no harlot, no whoremongerer, one who, who loves to party one who loves to, to protest in riots? No, none of them. If we keep doing those things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you are the one who say you are born of God and you are behaving like this. Well, we still live in these flesh bodies. So we are going to sin, Okay, but why are you making that a lifestyle? Why why are you even having that mindset? Knowing that you have no intention of living clean and holy, but because you keep going back to your old sinful ways, you think Jesus authorize your sin you want to know why because you refuse to come up out of these apostate churches teaching the madness that you can live your life any kind of way and still get to go to heaven yes we are deceived so what else what else i got for you Uh uh-huh first John three, nine. I I just read that. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him. He cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Listen, God is not confused. (laughs) Okay, Christ Jesus has been made wisdom unto us so we know he ain't hardly confused. Mm-hmm. because if you think for one moment you can claim the name and still continue to live with your living lover, you adamantly has stated, You are not leaving your second and third and fourth wife, even though your first covenant partner is still alive, and you are the ones who are the bishops, deacons. You sing in the church choir with your adulterous spouse on the front row. You're not going to make it, beloved. No, no, and... Your response to this biblical truth cannot be, well, I don't believe that. Well, Jesus said in Revelation 21, 8, that all all unbelievers, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. So I highly encourage you and advise you, you need to go back to God and study some more. This is not about self-righteousness. Listen, this comes from a woman who, who claimed the name for years, many, many, many years, living in willful sin until the real Jesus Christ was preached to me, and I got the memo. Oh, I'm not supposed to be sinning. Oh, Romans 6 tells me that sin is no longer my master. Okay, and so coming from the streets of Brooklyn, if I know someone don't have the upper hand over me, Oh, I know exactly where I stand. I stand in the driver's seat. I got the upper hand. So, where sin is concerned, we got the upper hand. It has lost its controlling dominance over you. You and I, in Christ, are no longer slaves to sin. So, So why do we find ourselves still being a slave to it? It's because we want to sin. We, right, Holy Spirit, we agree with sin. We say yes to the flesh. We do it willfully, deliberately. You are not blind. To what's going on. You slept with that married man. Because you wanted to. He didn't come over to you. Dragged you out your house. And raped you. You went over there. Intentionally. Looking to sleep with someone. You know. Is married. So. We better stop playing. Listen. First John five four. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. First John five eighteen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We know that everyone. Who has been born of God. Does not. Keep on sinning. But he. Who was born of God. Protects him. And the evil one. Does not touch him. Amen. See. In Christ. We are. Protected from the enemy. So. If we continue to play on the enemy's playground, then he will run havoc in your life. Why? Because you and I are outside of the will of God. We are outside of his protection. We willingly, on our own accord went over there and started playing back in the vomit. Satan's playground. The term born of God closely mirrors Jesus' words in John 3.3. When he told Nicodemus that he must be born again. In some translations, it says born from above. Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, a leader, a religious leader, Nicodemus responded the way anyone would. He asked Jesus, how can someone be born again when they are old? He asked this this in verse 4 of John 3. Jesus' answer was even more puzzling. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. We see this in verse eight. Why did Jesus begin talking about the wind in relation to being born again? The Greek word for wind is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. This is the same word used for spirit. When wind blows, we cannot see it, but we see where it has been. Tree leaves move, plants bend. And we feel the wind touch our faces yet. No one can catch it or restrain it. When wind blows, it changes everything it touches. So it is with the Holy spirit. Spiritual birth is an act of the Holy spirit. He is invisible Yet, whenever he moves, there are definite changes. Neither, neither persuasive words or intellectual arguments, I'm sorry, agreements have the power to make someone, quote unquote, born of God. Only the Holy Spirit can. Perform that transformation in a repentant heart. Mark 1 15. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. And then we have Acts two thirty eight. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is he telling the people to repent? Well, he's saying, For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then after that, be baptized as a symbolic gesture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's why we get water baptized. Not that baptism in and of itself saves a soul. We do it expressing our faith and obedience to God. So, how does one become born again or born of God? Because Jesus used an an earthly metaphor to explain a spiritual idea. When a baby is born, a new life emerges that did not previously exist. The baby is a brand new being who begins to grow to look like the parents. A puppy grows up to look like a dog. A calf grows to look like a cow. An infant grows to look like an adult human. So it is with those born of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. And later on in John three, Christ Jesus explains how to how to become born of God. Verse 16, John 3:16, right? Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have, Everlasting life. Amen. Beloved, when we are born into the family of God, we grow to look more like our father. Amen. The commandment from heaven has gone out. Be holy as he is holy. How in the world. Can we be holy and we still living in these flesh bodies? Somebody, please explain that to me. Drink my tea. It's very simple. If you love God, you will stop sinning. Mm -hmm. Because, see, it's all about love, it's all about having a changed heart. He has taken out that that heart of stone and he, thank you Holy Spirit, he has now put in a heart of flesh, one that is moldable, tender, flexible, looking to love God, not being in opposition to him, confronting him, offending him by bad works. And not only that, that fallen nature, that dead spirit that we inherited from Adam and by our choice to commit sin has been regenerated, made anew. It was transformed from Holy Spirit. You have in fact been born again. You are not that old sinful creature you once were. You are a new creature. So now Holy Spirit comes in and train us how to be holy because that's the command. Be holy as he is holy. Holy. And no, and no, that don't take place on day one, but eventually we got to grow up. No more being a baby crying about, well, my back, no, my, not my back, my gums hurt because I'm teething. I can't run. Somebody teach me how to walk and run. I'm tired of crawling around. Eventually, you got to stand up and start walking. Eventually, you got to put away the baby formula and start chewing on the meat of God's word. Could you imagine a baby who is Now 40 years old and still drinking from a bottle. Worse yet, still breastfeeding? That seems ridiculous in the natural, doesn't it? Well, what could be heaven's perspective? We've been in the Lord long enough. And by this time, who was it? Paul said, by this time, we should be teaching the word. Like, we got to move from the rudiments about salvation, repentance, resurrection. When are we going to get to some sound doctrine that we have been delivered from the power and the grip of sin? Therefore, submit yourselves to God. To answer your question, well, we living in this fallen world with all this temptation, it is impossible to stop sinning. Well, you can't say that. Nope. You don't have a claim. You want to know why? Holy Spirit has been given to us to train us and to teach us and convict us of sin and convince us we are children of God and no longer do we sleep around. We put away the weed and the porn and the masturbation. We come up out of these adulterous remarriages. We stop stealing. We stop lying. We stop killing. We 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 stop hating on our neighbor. We actually are enthusiastic to doing what is good in the sight of holy God. Now, if you are in this sanctification pro- um, process and you are having a major problem, you may You may not be born again because why, why the fight? Why is this grieving of Holy Spirit to live holy? Don't you want to go to heaven? Because obviously you, you've given this some thought. That's why you came to Christ. So what's the problem? Why, Why are you fighting this? Well because you know it's not it's not doable what's 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 not doable you know being holy no one could be like Jesus okay well he didn't tell us to be God he said be holy as I am holy the Lord Jesus Christ gave us the command now that we are forgiven John 8 11. We are to go and sin no more. So what part of that are we not understanding? I know what Jesus said, but it's impossible to do that. Why? Why why is it for you is impossible to do it? I can give you some answers. That mind has not been renewed. It has not been renewed to the fact that you, who, who claim his name, you are now born again. We are not supposed to be sinning. This is where you must allow Holy Spirit to cultivate a lifestyle in you that is pleasing to God. So no, we are no longer making provision for the flesh you must come out from amongst this world are you not reading the scriptures i i I don't know how many other ways it can be said john tells us where he says this first john three nine Put my hands on it so I don't have to go to it. Yeah. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed. That's the Holy Spirit his his righteous character abides in him and therefore because of that fact he cannot keep on sinning, meaning You no longer make it a lifestyle to live in willful, deliberate, blatant sin. So there's a major problem. And that's why I believe the Holy Spirit prompted me to put this on the table today. Are you really born again? All we got to do is look at the fruit showing up in our lives. Christ Jesus did not leave us clueless as to try to figure out, am I really born again? Look at your life. Honestly, honestly, forget about all of this religious talk about you being born again. Put that up on the shelf, okay? Just put it away. Look at your life just look around your life. How is it? Is it filled with depression, strife, anger, and bitterness? Are you always angry about something? Is everything bothering you? Or are you living a life of peace and joy in spite of all that chaos? Are you on purpose doing what is right and good? Are you living a life of appreciation for what Jesus did for you? Because Jesus died and suffered a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent, shameful death on your behalf. So you don't end up in hell as you await this final judgment. Heaven paid a steep price for your salvation. God himself stepped out of heaven in the person of Jesus. God gave Jesus a body to live in on this earth so he can die and be resurrected. Making atonement for our sin reconciling us back to the father and God did this demonstrating his love for humanity so that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ we can now be in right standing with the father but guess what many reject His kindness. Many reject his offer of love. And so therefore. They remain unrepentant. They remain enemies of God. And God does not love anyone. Who rejects him. And the son. So. We were talking about. How does one become born again, right? When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When we are born into the family of God, we grow to be more and more like our heavenly father. First John three nine describes a person who has been born again. Who has been born of God? This is the person. Now we can we can kick and scream and argue all day about how it's so impossible. Save it. Can it? Can it? Nope. It's no longer going to fly. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Amen. God, our heavenly father is holy and he desires his children become holy like he is. First Peter 1, 15 to 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Beloved, why are we even having this issue about, well, well we are still sinners? no. We're not still sinners if we say we are born again. Hello, I hate to break it to you. You cannot be a sinner and born again at the same time. Impossible. You cannot serve God and the devil at the same time. Either you going to love one and despise the other. You're going to be devoted to one and hate the other. Who was it Paul Paul Peter, one of them. I believe it was Paul. he was saying how you cannot eat from the table of the Lord and from the table of devils. you can't drink from the Lord's cup and Satan's cup. So first Peter 1 16. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 15. I must read it again. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. That's the instruction and commandment from heaven. In all that we do, conduct means everything you are doing, all of your ways, all how you how you move about in your life, what you do, what you what, what you think, how you feel, all of that encompass your ways, your doings how you go about this life, everything you do, you should do it being holy and righteous, doing what is right all the time. So if we miss it somewhere, because we all have the propensity to miss it. And we have on occasion that's why we can go to the father in sincere repentance not looking to do it again we we confess the sin and going forward sin no more so when we are born again when we are born of god we have a new heart, one that wants to please God. And and that's what I was trying to say before. We have this this heart that is teachable, flexible, is looking and longing to please God. It's a new heart. Ezekiel 36 26 says is this prophecy and i will give you a new heart this is the lord and a new spirit see this is that that born again spirit it's it's a new spirit. It's not like that old fallen spirit we had before. He said he will give us a new heart that now loves God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and, and strength. If I can get it out, because I'm feeling... I'm feeling compassionate about this. You got to understand, you are not the same person. And you will know this when you now look at your life and go, huh, wait a minute. My life is completely changed. Listen, there should be a clear demarcation line drawn where once you lived as an enemy of God, and now you live as a child of God, looking to please the father with your obedience. Listen, we are to be obedient, not striving with Holy Spirit, not doing acts that offend our father. And most certainly not trampling underfoot the blood of the covenant that saved us just making a mockery of the cross. No, beloved, wake up, wake up and understand Jesus Christ is on his way back. Do you want to go to hell? Do you want to be tormented in the lake of fire? If not, wake up up and stop sinning. This is not a game. You don't understand. Christ Jesus gave up his life for you. And here you are still wanting a booty shake and sleep around and smoke your weed and your cigarettes. No, stop it. Ain't nobody playing with you. God is not playing with us. You gotta hate sin. No, no, you must hate sin. Second Corinthians 5 9. So, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Mm-hmm. And this is because we have, oh, right, I was reading you all. Ezekiel 36 verse 26, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Amen. No, we don't have that old that old sinful spirit in us any longer no he said i will give you a new spirit a new spirit i will put in you that will that will love him that that would want to seek to do what is good you You constantly look around your life. Is there any sin? Is there anything that I can be doing more for the Lord? Is there anything that I need to make correction in? Yeah. So. Colossians 1 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. That's the hallmark of one who is born again. Jesus, the Lord tells us over here in Jeremiah seventeen nine through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. He's he's talking about the heart. This is not that blood pumping organ. He's talking about who you truly are on the inside. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. Beloved, everything we do will be judged. The Lord Jesus Christ says that to tell the people he is coming back. And that he will have his reward with him. And he will give recompense to everyone according to, like he says it over here, the fruit of his doings. And he will give to every man according to his ways. I'm telling you, Judgment Day is going to be a day of reckoning. Colossians right. I'm going to read it again because we need this. Colossians 1.10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Not out here sinning and acting like a fool and then when. Holy and righteous teachings comes your way. Here you are crying like a big old baby and just being so arrogant and so prideful to have the uh, audacity glorifying in your sin, and you say, "Oh, I know, girl. Please, I know I'm going to heaven." Huh? Hmm. Not when you're still in that adulterous, adulterous remarriage. I, I hate to keep hitting on that. Because as of late, many say they don't believe that's what Jesus um, referred to. They believe they can divorce for any reason. Any reason except for the exception. Fornication. That's it. Not abandonment not drug abuse, not physical abuse because when when Paul was talking about over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 because many claims that 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 Paul gave another exception if the unbelieving spouse leaves then you are no longer bound to that person. When he says bound to them, he is not talking about marriage, meaning that you are no longer required to stay married to that person. When he said you are no longer bound to that unbeliever and he, deci- and he or she decides to leave, He's saying that the fact that now that y'all are separated, because he didn't say go on and divorce, y'all are separated. and, And as long as he or she remains alive, you are to remain single and celibate. He's talking about as far as being bound, that you are no longer bound to that person. He's talking about in servitude, meaning that how in a marriage a covenant marriage the husband is the head of the wife well if you two are separated he is no longer the head over his wife you are not bound to him in that capacity because he or she left no longer is the husband bound in servitude to his wife because right Holy Spirit Ephesians 5 five um, Ephesians 525 tells us that the husband should love his wife with everything within him but if she chooses to leave he is no longer bound to her in that way not that that's another uh reason to divorce because otherwise, Paul would have contradicted Jesus' exception. So I just wanted to put that out there because people love to go over to what Paul says about not being bound. He was not talking about the covenant of marriage that you are no longer bound to. He's talking about being bound to that husband or wife in servitude to them. They no longer, because they left, have a say about your, your household. You don't have to give an accountability to them like when y'all were in the marriage. But they chose to leave. So that servitude, that capacity, you are no longer bound. But that don't mean you run off now and go get married. No. The covenant still remains until death. Jesus gave the exception fornication. And that was pertaining to the engagement. So. Not to get off in that teaching. We need to make sure we are born again. So. We was talking about how. Even in our conduct. How we walk. We are to walk in a manner. Worthy of the Lord. Because this again is the calling card. Fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit. Yes, beloved. Yes, we are to be bearing fruits of righteousness. Bearing fruit, right? Colossians 1.10. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Yes, we are to know God better and better. Increasing. This... Now obviously this does not come by this does not come about by, by good intentions or white knuckled effort. We please our Heavenly Father by surrendering to His Holy Spirit who lives within us. We allow him to change our desires, our goals, and our will to conform to his will. Romans 8, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to, conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Amen. Philippians 2 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and And to work for his good pleasure. Amen. The Father and the Son has now made an abode with you. They live on the inside of you. Holy Spirit dwells in you. Training us. Teaching us how to work for God's good pleasure. As a baby grows to look like the parents to whom it was born, so do we grow to be more like our heavenly father when we are born of God. Amen. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. Amen. Romans 6, 1 through 2. Because this is for the one who thinks they can take God's grace as a license to keep on sinning. Well, Paul got something for you, precious. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. He's saying absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Amen. So if you say you are born again, just like Jesus died to sin. Well, you too died to sin. So why are you still sinning? This is how we know if we are born again. Yep. First John, come on. Because listen, you gotta get this one memo that I got too. Okay. Galatians 2.20. Beloved, do you not know you have been crucified with Christ? Or do you think that that this is just a game and that that we only honor him, quote unquote, around that pagan Christmas and that pagan Easter. No, Galatians 2.20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ Jesus lives in me. That's why. He loved me so much. He gave himself up for me by laying down his life. So I, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live because Christ Jesus lives in me. Listen, this life that I live in the body, I live it by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. That's the mindset. So if you think about sinning, if you think about pleasing your loins and that flesh, think about Galatians 2.20. Listen, this right here is the, the ultimate, the ultimate in identifying who is born of God and who is not. And who and who is in fact a child of the devil? Where are we at? First John three. Let's see. I want mm-hmm. verse ten. 1 John three, ten. Because in verse nine, as we repeatedly been talking about these past few days, how no one, and that means no one. So stop it. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Okay. Verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. This is how you know you are born of God. Okay? Now, listen. Listen. Anyone who does not practice righteousness who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. That's how we know if we are truly born of God. Do we long to do what is right? Are we living a life characterized by sin? Do we hate the brethren? Do we have a spirit of Cain on us? Because Cain hated Abel. He hated his brother. Why? The Bible tells us why. Because Cain, uh, because Abel's acts were righteous. Cain was not. So, he was jealous of his brother because God accepted Abel's offerings. Why? Because they were the best of the best. They were top shelf. Cain just gave, you know what I mean, whatever he wanted to give. It wasn't the best of the best. It was not the cream of the crop. Right, Holy Spirit. And that was determined by how much he truly loved God. Apparently, Abel loved God with his whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. So when it came to offering, oh, he made sure he gave the best of the best. Abel, I mean, Cain, not so much. Not so much and God gave a, uh, get these names, gave Cain a warning because he was telling him, listen, sin is crouching at the door. It's crouching at the door. Don't give in to sin. And we all know the story, right? So I pray by God's grace and through Holy Spirit. We now have a clear identification on whether or not we are born again. He says, the one where we at, verse 10. Anyone who does not practice righteousness... And who don't love the brethren is not of God. He says, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. So if your life is characterized by sin and you calling yourself a follower of the Jesus Christ, of of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not. Because you do not practice righteousness. Those are not my words. This is not my opinion. This is nothing of me. I'm just a voice box. Relaying what the Holy Spirit said in the word of God. Where he wrote. This by this. The children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Is your life, are you, are you living life, I should say, in complete opposition to being holy like we were commanded? And do not talk about, well, that's impossible. We, we've already covered that. Today, we got Holy Spirit. So we are not without an excuse as to why we refuse to live holy, even though we have been commanded to do so. Heaven has done everything so so you don't be tossed in the lake of fire. Now, if you go against that, then you're on your own. You're on your own because you ain't listening to no one. You're not listening to the brethren. You ain't listening to your wolf pastor half the time. Okay. Maybe a time or two. He actually preached something about repentance and that went over your head. Okay. You ain't listening when the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're going the wrong way. What you doing? So. We got to live clean, okay? We must live holy. Why? Why all of this? Jesus is coming back. We got to be ready and prepared to meet him. Amen. Amen. Father, I so pray that today's message was loud and clear. It was loud and clear for all of us. I don't want to miss heaven. And I know those who are truly born again, do not want to miss heaven either. You tell us in Romans twelve two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. First Peter, one, thirteen to twenty five talks about girding up the loins of our mind. We are to be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. First Peter 2.9 tells us, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Father, 1 Corinthians six nineteen to 20 asks a very important question. What? Know ye not? that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. These bodies don't belong to us to do what we want to do with, Father. Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 17 tells us, This I say, so father, I'm going to read it all the way straight through to Ephesians chapter five, verse seven, and I'm the lead, and I'm gonna leave the people with your word. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the under having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Father, you are telling us to put on the new man. That, that you created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse 25, Ephesians 4, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, be ye ye angry and not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil." Father, it's clear you are giving us instructions on how not to live lives of unrighteousness. Amen. You're telling us in verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not, verse 30 of Ephesians 4, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. Father, we are not without an excuse. We have clear instruction. And if we disobey this on a consistent, habitual level, then we are not born of you. Ephesians 5, chapter 5, starting in verse 1, But you, therefore, followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, for this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things, all those sins, comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Amen. Father, your word is clear as crystal. May we put away all sin. May we come to appreciate what Christ Jesus has done for us at the cross. May we come to live lives of obedience, being grateful for our salvation. May all we do be pleasing to you. And Father, if there is Anything going on in our lives that does not please you, root it out of us. Bring it to our awareness so we can cut it out. We are not trying to miss heaven. We want to please you. Bless your holy name, Father. I ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Well, there we have it. We must live lives of holiness, righteousness, and repentance. We must be producing fruit in keeping with our repentance. We are to love God and we are to love our brethren. All of the law, including the Ten Commandments, Hang on what Jesus gave as his law. He ratified the New Testament, I mean, the the new covenant in his blood. We are now in the dispensation of grace. We were never under the law as Gentiles, we follow Jesus' teachings in the New Testament, and those of his appointed apostles. We are to live clean. We are to live holy. And if we miss the mark in any any way, we immediately go to the Father. We repent. We have a change of mind. We ain't doing that anymore. He saved us. He's forgiven us. And going forward, we sin not. Amen? Nor do we make excuses for it, allowances for it. We don't debate it. We don't auger down the brethren who is bringing this wonderful correction that can save our souls from hell's fire because we going the wrong way. We must stop, think And turn. Otherwise, we ain't going to make it, beloved. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Can't say it enough. Bad company. will always corrupt your good morals. Come to your senses. The word of God says, arise to righteousness. Stop sinning as you ought to. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you soon. Bye for now.